0: To go be locked in a room with anybody right now. So uh, um, I'm not into that. So I'll sit outside and wait. All right. Well, good morning. Uh, I, I um, this past week, went to a service that was a uh, funeral service for my spiritual father that passed away. It was four and a half hours long and uh, enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, we just, it was an evening service, and we didn't get out till like 9.30, and um, just really was so blessed to be able to see the impact of knowing somebody that was able to touch lives. They had, I don't know how many speakers they had get up, and every one of them had a lot of the same story, that when you felt like you were with him, you were the only one in the room, no matter what, and this guy shared the platforms with a lot of big people, and uh, it didn't never affected him in a way to do that, and so I just really felt really blessed to be a part of that, and as a result of that, I um, was in the middle of worship, we did a worship time, and while I was in there, I was really questioning this next portion of scriptures, that I was going to be sharing with you because we're going through the book of Acts this year and we're declaring that we're the Acts 29 generation and that's there's only 28 chapters in Acts so 29 is your story it's my story and one of the things that Bishop would always tell people all the time is God's creating a story in you. God's creating a story inside of you and that's just something that was so true about him and what he did and what he shared and so many things about that and so as we're going through this, and I, I just wanted to go through Acts, I was I, since I said we were going to go through the book of Acts this year, That what I was going to share with you today, I literally had no clue what we were going to do with this, because I was like, I want everybody to read. By the end of the year, I want to say we read the book of Acts, we went through, and we talked about every set of scriptures, and so as I got all into this, I, I was I knew what I was going to talk about, and you'll kind of see what I'm saying. But in the middle of worship, the Lord dropped something inside of me in relating to this scripture. And so literally Tuesday night, I came up with the title of the message. And I feel like this is a directive from God. I feel like, you know, sometimes when you struggle the most with what you're going to talk about, it is probably could be one of the most impactful things that you do. But what I'm going to talk to you today is something that's really important to me, and it's simply a title to get your house in order. Something the Lord dealt with me is this very thing, get your house in order. And so that's what we're going to talk about. The title of my message today is get your house in order. How many of you guys like it when uh, company's coming over? You guys like company? I mean, we're we're kind of one of those people. We love having company coming over. But when company's coming over, what usually happens to your children and to you and your day. If you know they're coming over Saturday night, what are you doing all day long Saturday? You're going around and you are picking up everything. You're dusting off everything. You're shoving things underneath the bed. You're trying to make sure that the house is totally in order. Right? There was a period of time when we were doing a lot of events at our church, and uh, we were and we were doing a lot of those events at our house. And I remember the kids. They were like, we love having people over, we're tired of cleaning the house, right? They're tired of every Sunday having to get the house in order, because we did a a Sunday night group over there for a long time, and so, because we're like, man, we can't really let these people know how we live every day, right? I mean, I don't want people to know that, right? I mean, I don't want them to see my underwear on the floor, and I don't want them to see all the trash that we got laying around. I want them to think that we are pristine, right? I want them to think that, that that everything is just right in order, right? And so when company's coming over, that's usually what we do. Well, in this story that we're reading today and this, this portion of Scripture, we know that Jesus has now been ascended into heaven. And as he's been ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, he said, Look, I want you to wait in the upper room, and I want you to wait here until... You have been given power. So while they were in the upper room, they began to make some decisions. They began to put things into place. And so that's where I want to start off today. Acts chapter 1. And if you want to use your pew Bibles, it's on page what? Somebody yell at me. Acts chapter 1. 904, right? So I've got three Bibles up here. So all right. So page 904, Acts chapter 1, we're going to start at verse number 12. So it might be 906. Sorry, I messed you up there. All right, so Acts chapter 1, verse number 12. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of a half a mile. And when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present, Peter Peter. John, James, Philip, Andrew, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other women and the brothers of Jesus. During this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. How many of you guys ever read these numbers? About 120 people in one place, and you're, you know, this day and age, what do you do? Did they have a mask on? Right? I mean, does anybody read that kind of stuff? You're thinking, how did they get together without getting COVID? All right, nobody. All right, my brain goes places others don't, so it's all right. I thought it was kind of funny, but anyways. All right, brothers, he said, the scriptures had to be fulfilled concerning Judas, who guided those who arrested Jesus. So remember, Judas is the one that betrayed Jesus and said, this is where Jesus was. And and so this was predicted long ago by the Holy Spirit through speaking through the King David. Judas was one of us and shared in the ministry with us. Judas had bought a field with the money he received for his treachery. Falling head first there, his body split open, spilling out all All of his intestines. Mmm, just makes you ready for lunch. The news of his death spread to all the people in Jerusalem, and they gave the place the Aramaic name, whatever it says, which means fill the blood. Peter continued, this was written in the book of Psalms, where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his possession. So now we must choose a replacement for Judas, for among, uh, from among men who were with us the entire time when we were traveling with the Lord Jesus, from the time he was baptized by John until the day he was taken up. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice. How many of you guys would rather say Justice, right? And Matthias. When they all prayed, O Lord, you know every heart. Show us which one of these men you have chosen. As an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry, for he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. And we go on to read that they chose... that they chose Matthias to be the disciple, and so as we're reading through this and we're looking at this entire story, and we see this decision that's being made, you know, God's doing some really powerful things. We find in John chapter one that when Jesus began to preach, that in John chapter, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter one, Jesus was, uh, we had some incredible encounters with God, and He talked about the future, and He talked about their purpose, and He talked about all these incredible things, and then we move to this story. And you know what, to be honest with you, I've wondered so many times, why is this written even in the book of Acts? What is the significance of doing this? Knowing that God is bigger than I am, he's probably got a good reason for this to be written in the book of Acts, because you never really hear about the, them doing this again, right? Right? I thought, well, maybe this is how God was showing us how to do things. Well, that doesn't really align with things in the future. And so I just really questioned, what is this? But what was going on is Peter was being a leader and he was getting their house in order. What is the significant thing about what Peter was doing? What was it that was, that was, that was going on? And so one of the things that we find is that this was a moment This is a moment of Jesus giving them a command and then a promise being fulfilled. What did he tell the disciples to do? He said, wait here until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And so in that time, there was this waiting period. When I say the word waiting period, that resonates on the inside of me. You know why? Because I see people all the time looking for God's promises to be done, and they're waiting. It's in the waiting where our character is challenged, right? It's in that period of time when it feels like nothing is happening when our character is challenged. It's a time when we may want to walk away from things. It's a time where we get frustrated. It's a time where we doubt our own faith and wondering, is God really doing what he's supposed to do? It's that waiting period of time that things are just, it challenges us on the inside. You when know, we sing that song, it's in the waiting. When I hear the word waiting, I don't enjoy it. Because what happens is during the time of waiting is when my flesh gets crushed, right? I mean, because I want to fight it. I want to get angry about it. I want to I see God's promise right now. But it's in this waiting time that they began to clean house. It's in this waiting time. You know, what what happened during this time? What was going on? Hebrews 9.12 says this, With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered into the most holy place, once for all time and secured our redemption forever. So what was going on during this time? You know, what I'm telling you right now is there are times when you're in the place of waiting that the Spirit is working, but we may not always be seeing it, but God's timing is coming. How many of you guys say it's coming? Right, the promise of God is coming. And so it's in that waiting time. Well, what was going on when these disciples were waiting? Jesus was presenting His blood, the Bible says, into the whole Holy of Holies, once and for all. Something was going on in the Spirit where it may not have seemed like we we had no clue what was happening. You guys, when we're in that place of waiting, when we're we're in that place of, of waiting for God to fulfill that promise, there are things that are happening in the Spirit that we don't know what's going on. But our challenge is to keep our faith. Revelations 12 verse 7 says this, then there was a war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels and the dragon lost the battle and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, one deceiving the world was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Then I heard a loud voice across the heavens. It has come at last salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth the one who accuses them before our God day and night the Bible says the enemy was accusing and and standing before God day and night but the Bible says there was a war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought you know there are times in the waiting there's times when we're waiting for that promise to come But there is a battle that is raging that we cannot see. There is a spirit world that's out there. God and his angels fight. And through our prayers, we fight with him. That's why it's important that we pray. Through our faith, we fight with him. Because the moment we give up is the moment the enemy's won. Do you get what I'm saying here today? Many times, when we got to get our house in order, that means we got to hold on to our faith. We got to begin to challenge because if we're going to get our house in order, that means that we got to trust in God when we don't always see the promises becoming fulfilled. There's times that we got to trust in God that he has the better answer without having to know and have everything put into place and everything being seen right before us. It's in that place of waiting that we're faced with those challenges and holding on to faith. You see, God and his spirit was going to be poured out upon all these men and it was literally going to change the world around them them. Had they looked and said, God, we're sick of waiting and left the room, you know what would have happened? It would have missed out on the blessing of God. How many of you guys have ever waited on God? I have. How many of you guys have ever been frustrated in the waiting? I have. How many of you guys, when God finally comes through, you're like, oh, thank God I didn't give up because I wanted to. I wanted to. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against all the evil spirits in the heavenly places. How many of you guys know we're not fighting against each other, we're fighting against the spirit of darkness? And guess who's already won that battle? Jesus has already won that battle. And everything he is, we are. So we have that privilege and that honor of being able to say we're walking into victory today. But there is a spiritual battle that is fought in the place of the waiting. There is a time when we, we just cannot, we cannot give up. Our battle is not with flesh and blood but with darkness. But light always defeats darkness. Always. 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 You know, so a question I kind of asked is, why do they really need to replace Judas? Why did they really need to replace Judas? I mean, Judas was, I mean, he did what he did, but Jesus was gone, right? Why did they need to replace Judas? I mean, really, in voting, it would have made it an uneven number. That's what you always want, right? That was a funny joke, but anyways, I'm missing it today, All right? So, they replaced Judas... There were 12 tribes of Israel. There was going to be 12 disciples. And in those 12 disciples, it was a representation that, listen, we are picking up where Jesus left off. We are answering the call that God has had since the beginning of time that we will take this message to those that have never heard. We will be responsible for what Jesus said is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. We are picking up this cross and we are now going to follow him. This is now our time. To do this. And so, church, this is what we do. And as people that are followers of God, because those disciples stayed in that room, we're sitting here right now and it's our choice to look as they looked among the brethren that were there and they chose somebody to represent. It's us to say listen it is now our time to represent him. This is our generation this is our responsibility. How many of you guys know what's going on in the world today we need to take responsibility for it. We need to do our part in being able to make this into the place that God originally designed his kingdom reign forever and ever his will be done on earth as it is in heaven that God's given us that call to and that's our mission, that is our plan and the disciples were saying that to one another look, it's time to get up it's time to realize that we've got a power that is about to come and settle upon us and that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that is going to be working inside of our life today so they got their house in order before every major move of God you know why I talk about major moves of God I'm talking about where we see cities transformed. How many of you guys know God desires for Perry, Oklahoma to be transformed? You say, transformed from what? So that we can have better living quarters? So that we can have lower electric bills? God trying to transform us so that we can not have problems around here anymore? God desires to transform people people that don't think God loves them and transformed them to find his love. That's his true desire. It's not about buildings, it's about people. God desires for sickness to no longer reign. God desires for addiction to no longer have a hold on people's lives. God desires for ingenuity desires for people's lives to be transformed. And Jesus was, those disciples today said, we're picking up that promise. But they got their house in order. You know, in the time of waiting is the time to check your house. How many of you guys, if you got company coming over and you decide they're showing up at 6, and you decide at 5.30 that you're now going to start cleaning up the house, you probably waited a little too long, right? You had to start getting your house in order earlier, right? Or if you're people that I really like, you're the I don't care people. My house is my house and you walk in is what you get, right? I'm not one of those people. I like to have my house in order if I got family over because I like to fake it out that we actually have everything put in place. Let's just pretend. Actually, it feels good, right? I've invited people over just so that we'll clean house. (laughs) There is no laughter going on over here to the left. <laughs> no laughter going on over here to the left. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I've got a cold shoulder going on over here. Oof. <laughs> yeah. So the waiting time helps us to take time to prepare a heart for what God is going to do. The disciples went back to the time, and I believe that as they sat there, they went back and remembered what Jesus spoke to them. Jesus was with them. Almost every waking moment of their life for three years, he was with them, and he taught them. Jesus said things like this in Matthew chapter 10. He said this, If you love your father or your mother more than you love me, you're not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. You're saying, whoa, is Jesus telling us not to love our family? That's not what he's saying at all. But what he's saying is this, is that what God can do is when we make him the priority of our life, What God can do, he'll make you a better father. He'll make you a better mother. He'll make you a better son. He'll make you a better husband. Everything in there, God can do, but we got to put him first. And he says, listen, this is a hard decision. It's tough. Many times we have to, you know, in my life, because of the call of God in my life, there are times that I have left my family. Because of the call of God, I've taken steps. I've traveled to other countries to preach the gospel. Why? because of the call of God that is upon my life. Because that sacrifice is a worthy sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed everything so that I could live. You know, listen, I didn't grow up in Perry, Oklahoma. How did I end up in Perry, Oklahoma? Because I'm following the call of God upon my life. I'm I'm designed to be here. God put that as a part of my call to be in Perry, Oklahoma. I grew up in a bigger city. You know what? I kind of like some bigger cities sometimes. I mean, I grew up in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. It's a good-sized city. I could have just settled there and stayed there and, and, and maybe I would have been happy but there was a sacrifice that God had in mind to say listen you're going to leave where you are and, and, and I even went to southwest Oklahoma and lived in Altus for five years that was a sacrifice not at the time it didn't feel like it but, but you know the reality is this is it, there is such a thing as a sacrifice and I wonder if the church has forgotten that I wonder if that's something we've got to get into order. Because you know what these disciples, you know what Jesus told these disciples? Some of you are going to die for preaching in my name. He literally looked at Peter and he told Peter, listen, you will die a martyr's death. How many of you guys know that's not very exciting news, right? If I'm going to die a martyr's death, just tell me later. Don't tell me now, right? I mean, and really, let's just let it happen, right? I don't want to be prepared for that. But yet he told Peter, and these guys knew that their lives were going to be in danger by preaching in the name of Jesus. And they said they believed in Jesus so strongly. They believed in his ministry. They believe in him, that he is God, that he is Christ, the son of the living God, that giving their life was fine with them. Why? Because they knew he was God and that there were greater promises that were more than just what this earth could provide, that Jesus was willing. And they he was willing to give it all, we will be be willing to give it all the question is is the church lost that Matthew 16 25 says this if you try to hang on to your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for my sake you will save it guys we're created to be his voice I know today you know this type of a message is not always a comfortable message to have but my question is this is your house in order I have another question. Is this house in order? I will tell you, church, we're not created just to come be here on Sunday morning and that's it. We're created to sacrifice our lives for the kingdom, the king and the kingdom. Do you know everything you do If you're doing it for somebody else, you're really doing it for him. You can't really say I've done this for you because you're really doing it for him. I'll be honest, I've had people come up to me and and do something for the church and say, I did this for you, like me being the pastor. I did this for you. And I'll think, well, do you go to church here? Is this your church? So you did it for the church. Please don't do it for me. Do it for the kingdom. Do it for him. Jesus said, what you've done to the least of me, you've done unto me. Today, I really felt in my heart, there's just some things that God's really been dealing with me about in church. and So last Sunday afternoon as we did prayer, I said, guys, I feel like we need to move the altars to the front of the church. The reason why I felt like we needed to move the altars to the front of the church, you know, I grew up around altars. I grew up when when we would go to church, Wednesday night youth group, Sunday morning church, we had altars. Matter of fact, when I was filled with the Holy Spirit at this church and in, in uh, this other church that we were at, I, uh, I'll never forget, they, we used to have altars with pads on them. You guys remember that? A little padding on them? And so I'll never forget, I was down there praying and I got a hair in my mouth from somewhere. It was really gross. But you know, I just, but we had altars. I'll never forget one day when Irvin, when I first met him, Irvin walked in the door and he saw these altars and he said, they used to be a different color. We painted them because Jennifer said to and so I'm just kidding, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we painted them because they didn't match anymore, but. They're still the same altars, right? And he said, there's a lot of tears that I've cried in these altars. He said, on that, these altars, because these altars have been around for a long time. They used to be one whole piece. And somebody had a revolt, cut them in two. But you know what? These altars mean something. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that they would come and they would bring their best animal. And they would bring it to the altar and they would sacrifice that animal. And every piece of that animal had an important piece as a part of that sacrifice. In the New Testament, it went from an altar to a cross. And on the cross greatest person to ever walk on the face of this earth, who never sinned, who never did anything wrong, who spoke the truth, healed the sick, set people free, created a revolution that forever changed our lives, was nailed as a human being to that cross and sacrificed it all. That was his altar. And he said, Father, not my will be done, but yours be done. I wonder, church, today, if we have forgotten exactly that the sacrifice of serving our King. If you want to get your house in order, this is where it starts. Father, I lay my life down to follow you, to go wherever you called me to do. I remember missionary coming, and I would, never liked it when missionaries did these type of altar calls. Because I'm thinking, Lord, if I say that, that guy's in Africa, I may end up in Africa. I didn't like that at all. But you know what? God takes you where you're equipped to go. Now, where he knows you're equipped to go, not where you believe you're equipped to go. Because he's going to take you beyond what you think. But here's the question. Is your house in order? Is it all about Jesus and whatever Jesus wants? Is it his will? that is first and foremost in your mind? Or is he just a matter of convenience in your life? We'll see if we can make it. We'll see if we can do it. I don't know. We've got a lot of things happening. See, I've never understood that. Because the question I have to ask is when an invitation is given, Father, what is it that you want me to do? When an invitation is given, Father, what is it that you want me to do? I don't check the calendar. I check him. That's the question that I have. So, where do we go from here? Where's your heart? you know I found with God is he's a he doesn't always just drop the bomb on us gradually takes us it's a question of where's your heart where are you today so here's what I'm gonna do is um, we're gonna play some music and somehow in a piano or music you know, Brock you can probably just do it so Brock yeah, Amy says Brock and we're just going to pray and i'm going to open these altars up to you. You can have an altar right there where you're at or you can come up here and pray. I know covid stuff we can't have everybody up here but but you can take a few moments just to pray and then we're going to close out with church with our offering and but but yet you can take a few moments and say god where is my heart today? Is my house in order? Is my house in order? You know, when I went to Bishop's service this past week and I saw how many people he impacted, I just began to wonder, you know why his house was in order? is because he said yes. Do you know how many friends I have in my life because that man said yes? How many people have spoken in our church and have blessed our church because that man said yes? You never know what your yes might end up being. Where are you at? So music is going to play. Go ahead and begin to do that right now. We're going to open these altars if you want to come and pray, or you can sit right where you're at right there. But I'm just going to, we're just going to take a moment. You spend some time with God and begin to ask, Father, where am I at with you in this life right now? So let's just begin to find a place, and let's just begin to pray. Hallelujah. in father we exalt your name and we thank you for today we thank you lord that we can come to this altar that we can sacrifice our lives that we can say father not my will be done but your will be done and be happy about it we thank you father that you're doing a great work in our heart right now father render our hearts towards you i thank you father that you're setting something ablaze inside of us a fire that cannot be quenched a fire that will not go out lord But Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing, that there's a great work being done in our life. Father, we thank you for doing great and mighty things. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, you are an awesome God and worthy of all praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Lord, we surround you today with your love. We surround you today with your presence. And Father, we magnify your name. Lord, as we're even in this place of waiting, Father, waiting for the promise to come, I thank you for an endurance in our heart. I thank you for strength inside of us today. This is holy ground. Lord, we love you. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, you say, you know what, today I need to make a choice to follow Christ. I need to make a choice to say, you know what? I need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. That is what I desire in my life, is to know him. That you in this place, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. We're going to pray with you right where you're at. If you're watching online, you'll be able to pray with us as well. But I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to ask you for a time of saying, yes, I need to surrender my life to God. One, two, three. Anybody in this place? I need to surrender my life to God. Everybody, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Father, today I choose to follow you. I give my life. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. For me, be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as we close today, we know those that are praying can still remain and pray. Um, We're closing with our offering today. If you would like to to give in the offering, um, there's a couple of ways to do that. There's our text to give number that is up there on the screen that you are welcome to use. You can do that. That's a really easy way to give. Uh, Once it gets set up, if you have a a check or cash and you want to give, there's baskets up here, some up front. Just be mindful of those that are going to continue to pray. But um, just uh, appreciate you guys being faithful in your tithes and offerings during this season. It's been real important. So bless you guys. And I just pray that you guys have an awesome day. Would you stand to your feet? Father, I pray a blessing over this congregation right now. I thank you, Father, that they're blessed coming and going today. I thank you, Father, that they are the heads and not the tail, that they are above and not beneath. I thank you, Father, that their bodies are healthy, whole, and strong. Thank you, Father, that they have the mind of Christ, that whatever they put their hand to this week, that will be favor, that will be resting upon them. I thank you for promotions. I thank you, Father, for blessings. I thank you for divine opportunities to share the love of Jesus with somebody else today. And Lord, we just honor you and we give you praise. Father, today we represent you in every day of our life. And Lord, as we leave this place, we're anointed of God just to do that. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as you guys leave today, go out and say hi. Make sure that you grab your envelopes or place up here if you 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 envelopes or place up here.